Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Assalamu alaikum, everyone. What starts here changes the world. Well, I've got to admit, I kind of like it. What starts here changes the world. We are the music makers, and we are the dreamers of dreams. The average American will meet 10,000 people in their lifetime. I was handcuffed to another man from another tribe whose language I did not speak. Don't think. But if every one of you changed the lives of just 10 people, and each one of those people changed the lives of another 10 people, and another 10... We did not know each other, and we could not speak to each other, because if we could have spoken to each other, we might have been able to figure out what was happening to us. To every politician who is taking donations from the NRA, I believed them when they said they were sleeping on concrete floors. I believed them. Children being separated from their parents. In front of an American flag. I believe them. And you can change the entire population of the world. Eight billion people. And if we could have figured out what was happening to us, we might have been able to prevent it. If you think it's hard to change the lives of ten people, change Change their lives forever. Well, it didn't happen. And here we are. I believe these women. You're wrong. I feel extremely lucky to to be here with all of you fighting for justice, for equality, for the right for us to equally exist in this country. There were 329 uprisings, 257 cities within four and a half years. And neither Martin nor Fannie had any control over that. We might be headed to the promised land of speaking the truth and fighting our external liberty once we internally liberate ourselves. But their children were saved, and their children's children. Generations were saved by one decision, one person. But changing the world can happen anywhere, and anyone can do it. So what starts here can indeed change the world. But the question is, what will the world look like after you change it? Welcome to Public Access America. Make a stand. I know I did. Thank you very much. And may God bless us. And may God bless us. Welcome back to part two of our interview discussion conversation with Jeffrey. How about that? We are going to learn more about misinformation, communication, and just all that's surrounding it, apparently. Our first episode was pretty in-depth, I think, and I wanted to just uh, give you a chance to absorb that before we put out the second episode. You can find Public Access America, as always, on Spotify. I want you to find us on TuneIn Radio. Hey, how about Pocket Cast? That's always great. And we're on Apple Podcasts as well. We're going to get back to the conversation with Jeffrey right now. All righty. Nice. So, so one of the things that I should definitely mention is, is that with that, you, with that course called Calling Bullshit, it's not one that I've taken, but it's definitely was a very big part of the conversation within the program that I was in when right. I was in school. It didn't come out until after I had graduated. Right. But, you know, it was very much a discussion around, you know, web analytics and, and, you know, being able to trace and figure out whether or not, you know, what you were reading was real. Right. Plus, you know, with some of my other expertise is, is that I worked in law for several years and, and we had some technology cases and 
you know, being the, the techno nerd that I am, a lot of the times, like my job was to sit down and go through, you know, some of these social media things and, and try and figure out where this stuff was coming from, be able to look and look at web analytics, be able to pull information from different sites and sources. So that way you could find out what was actually happening. Sure. You, you were doing the research that we all should be doing now. And I, I want to add that during this time, YouTube became a thing. Okay. Anyway, YouTube, YouTube definitely became a thing. And, and I would say that while YouTube has definitely the potential to become, you know, another place where news could be spread, it's still very much focused on, you know, more creative content creators, mm -hmm. not news stuff so right. much entertainment. Yeah. Which, which is something that I've, I've actually been really happy about in terms of, uh, where YouTube has kind of stayed in that lane where yeah. they're really more about, you know, the creative side of, of media, not the news side of media. But there is, a, there's a podcast called rabbit hole that I recently mm -hmm. found. And it's about this kid's journey. Like his Xbox broke down and all he had was YouTube and it kept like, like re, you know, suggesting the next worst thing, the next worst thing. And suddenly he was like, radicalized and i haven't gotten to the rest of the episodes to where he gets mm. out of it but so yeah i'm just learning about that aspect of it now because i never used youtube for like information but there is kids that they grew up on youtube kids now and now they're in youtube adults and they they're seeing some of this stuff as inf like they can filter the misinformation and jokes out of the real story and just grab a headline from those little videos you know Right. And, and we'll definitely talk about that a bit more too. Um, cause that's, that's definitely part of this equation as well. Right. So with the ease of, so with the transition to, you know, the web being easier to use for everybody, not just right. people like me who knew how to code, um, it became a lot easier to put information. I put that in quotation marks out there because you know now you have that ability to be able to put anything down what used to be on paper is now in print on websites right. around the world and those that that ability to have anyone be able to post significantly blurred the lines between what was what was considered news and what was considered opinion as well you know, as, if, as well as getting the iphone because it was just as much the audience accessibility mm -hmm. as it was the sites you know being there it was a combination mm -hmm. of those two things that just we got the thirst and then they gave us the cup you know what i, I mean yep and, and uh, having all of those tools now available to you at any given point is, mm. you know, the, the ability to access information was now much easier, but you know, now we're starting to move into that realm of what actually is and isn't information. Right. And so where, you know, traditional media, like we said, they didn't have to expose their sources. So these other sites, why is it that we're so surprised when they're not listing their sources either? And we're holding right. them to a different standard. That's right. Now, the question then becomes, you know, how is it that you are able to tell what is and isn't real news? That's right. Because there's shows like mine, there's shows like Alex Jones, there's shows that are just 
strictly fantasy and entertainment. You know, it's a bunch mm-hmm. of people sharing their opinions. Mm-hmm. And I would say that where you start to figure out what is and isn't news actually goes back to your understanding of the English language and writing. Mm. So when you look at the way the news is written, a lot of the times what you're looking at is something that's very fact-based. I say fact-based, you know, with the understanding that we don't have sources to be able to sit down and, and, you know, go back to, you know, one person attributing a document or whatever. But a media making a claim is a serious thing. And Mm -hmm. for a serious media to say this fact is what we are standing behind means that they believe it to be fact, not just opinion. Yeah. They have a billion dollar empire standing behind, you know, their, claim to the truth but then again so does fox news and so even then like well fox news is actually under entertainment not actually news but funny enough but still i still believe that you can get 40 facts in a situation and some of them might show if you take every third fact one thing and if you take Mm -hmm. the second half of facts from something else it shows something else and i think that's Mm -hmm. where we get that's where we get this Fox News, CNN, MSNBC thing. Yep, exactly. So, so with that, you know, we haven't attributed, you know, we haven't gone about fact-checking all of these other independent yeah. news blogs. Right, right. But where we actually, you know, where we actually start to see how is it that you can filter out these claims, filter out what is and isn't news. Let's go back to the English language. And you remember learning how to write persuasive essays? Mm, No. So one of the things that you were always taught when writing persuasive essays was that you had to, you know, have your sources, know your facts, et cetera, et cetera. But you also had to avoid, you know, all of these different fallacies in writing Mm. like red herrings, like appeal to emotion, straw man, straw man arguments, ad hominem attacks, you know, Uh, things like that. That takes me back to the Republic by Socrates. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? And just the discussions and how he would get somebody to see the truth. Always great reading. Oh, absolutely. And, and really, you know, it's one of those things that people have kind of, you know, after you've gotten out of school and you haven't been exposed to this kind of stuff, it's very easy for it's very easy for you to jump onto some of these bandwagons because yeah. we're emotion we're emotional creatures you know so when we look at like right now the the save our children and the whole pedophile thing like if you know most people are like if you're a decent person you kind of get pissed off at the idea of someone hurting children so of course, of course. and and if you're a parent you know that definitely um it definitely plays on you a bit more, but it's an appeal to emotion. What you're trying to do is you're, you know, you, when you don't actually have something factual that you can stand behind, what you're trying to do is get somebody to be emotionally irrational about something that they automatically either abandon their argument or join yours. And I think a lot of people want to be the first to be right. Like I was telling you about that theory, you know, so a lot of it is, I see something and nobody else in my group has brought it up yet. I'm bringing news back to my news feed. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Well, it's so you've got you've got two you've got two uh, pathways there. You've got the everybody wants to be right, 
Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, because I, I, I don't enjoy being wrong. Right. But you want to be the first to be right. Not necessarily. I want to, I, I kind of grew up with the motto of do it right the first time. So that way you don't have to do it right again. <laughs> right. That, that Billy Joel song, right? Get it right. Right. The time. That's the main thing. Yeah. But, but then you have the other side of it, which is um, more of a debate tactic, which we've kind of talked about in the whole, you know, what is a binary and, and all of that. It's, yeah. I don't have to be right. I just have to prove that you are wrong. Mm. And by association, that makes me correct and right. And so whether or not I'm actually right or not doesn't matter. If you and I are having a discussion and I just prove you wrong, people are going to automatically assume that I'm right, whether or not I'm right, Right, which is why two people can be wrong at the same time and there not actually be anything right. That's right. You know, but but we're very much a, oh, well, if this person's wrong, then this person has to be right, which is why when you look at the way Trump and Biden are discussing things, it's like, well, if Trump's right, then Biden's wrong. And if Trump, if Biden's right, then Trump's wrong. And I'm sitting here going, or they're both wrong. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's 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 not that either one of these guys are right. They're I, both wrong. It's just that so many people have this idea entrenched in their head that if one of them is wrong, the other one has to be right. Yeah. And that's not good and healthy. You know, I did have a theory. All right. So Donald Trump calls it fake news. I mm-hmm. think because it's a joke to him because He's lying. So he's lying and they're reporting on it. And he says you're fake news because what they're reporting on is his initial lie. And I think it's just this great circular thing that he just laughs his ass off about. And I got to give him credit for that. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't know that the guy is truly that much of a brilliant tacticianer. I think the dude suffers from serious short-term memory loss. So when he mm-hmm. posts half the shit that he does, he doesn't right. remember posting it. That's so right. then he can call them fake news. And even though they're sitting yeah. there holding up his tweet with the link that shows that he posted yeah. it and they're like, no, you're wrong. As well, maybe some dementia because he hears things from somebody, forgets they had that conversation, but now it's in his head as an actual fact. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Because I know, I know people. Or, well, I mean, I think stages. he's a sociopath, right. and that you know, he honestly, you know, and that's the thing is that he honestly believes that what he's saying is right. He honestly right. believes he's the smartest man in the room. In which case, I mean, there's some great research out there about people being, you know, head of state or head of a company being sociopaths. Yeah. And and I don't necessarily disagree with it. <laughs> but, but I want to. Somebody said this to me, and it made me laugh. Would you want Donald? Trump in a lab coat with beakers and Bunsen burners trying to come up with this vaccination. Uh, that that changes things for me. If he was the smartest man in the room, I might give him a chance, but my head doesn't tell me that I want that. You know, If he was the smartest man in the room, then we've truly made it to idiocracy. Right. Which is what we're heading for with our laws. And that's what we Anyways. were discussing before the show. But anyway, right. so now we have this crazy 24-hour news cycle, and our sources are unlimited. They aren't limited by borders. They aren't limited by eyes because we can see them on every device we have all at once. We can watch everything as quickly as possible. 
And on top of that, that also, you know, it's, you know, we're talking about so far just within the context of America. We're not even, we haven't even yeah. hit the international level yet. Right. So you've got, so you've got, you know, the traditional media, you've got social media, you've got, you know, all these individuals that are going out and starting their own blogs that they're calling yeah. news. That's and, right. you know, like, you know, when you're looking at, you know, what is, what is, the bullshit out there you know the first thing that i tell people is is that if you send me a list if you send me an article uh and it's you know from from some site where their tagline is dedicated to the truth i automatically assume that they're lying that's right because because what is what what fundamentally do that do they have that's different from what these major media conglomerations have do they actually have the eyes and ears and mouth of a senator behind them? Do they have a connection to a government official? Do Are they literally hacking into someone else's stuff in order to get information? And the answer is usually no. They're, they're a keyboard warrior that comes up with a half-baked conspiracy theory That's based right. on a kernel of truth. That's right. Like one of the ones that had gotten sent to me um, – that I think I touched on was, you know, there was this, there was this, some random news site that, you know, they're, they're like BLM, you know, BLM organizer arrested for being a pedophile. And, you know, the whole yes. claim, you know, you, when you're looking at the sensationalized, the sensationalized headlines, the quite, you know, if, if you're, if you're so concerned about pedophiles, it's that whole, uh, if, you're wrong then this then the then i'm right well if pedophiles are wrong and a pedophile is associated with blm then blm has to be wrong right because blm is an actual thing and pedophiles are an actual thing you put them together of course there's two truths that make a lie now and 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 therein lies you know you start to see this whole issue of you know how we are actually connecting these dots, whether or not there's an actual bridge there, yeah. like calling this. So like this in this news article, this dude that gets arrested for being a pedophile, his, uh, his BLM organizer says he lives in a town of less than 900 people and was like, you know, created this Facebook group called skate against hate. Right. You know, and I've grown up in those small towns and it's literally like you and your three friends that are like, Hey, y'all want to go like uh, skate and yell, fuck the police. Right. I mean, that's really about all there is to it. You might pick up a couple other weirdos, but to call this person a BLM organizer, it's, it's very sensationalized. Mm -hmm. And, and if you don't like Google the name of the person, if you don't Google the town that they came from, if you don't find out what the event actually is that they so-called organized, right. like on the surface, a BLM person being a pedophile is absolutely horrible and terrible, uh, terrifying and disgusting and this, that, and the other until you start to realize is that the, they like the dude never actually organized anything for BLM. He probably, right. you know, shouted black lives matter at the cops as he was, you know, rolling around on a skateboard. And there's 25 million black lives matter protesters. I'm going to tell you the odds of 4% of them being pedophiles is realistic. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? It's a realistic thing that there is a wide diverse of criminalities in there, but that doesn't diminish their their 
their argument. You know what I mean? Exactly. But, but it's that appeal to emotion that, you know, if pedophiles are terrifying, then BLM pedophiles have to be just like the worst of all. And if there's one and it's the leader, then we can diminish all of them as being pedophiles. And that's, and that's the guilty by association. Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, like, meanwhile, the, the possibility that, you know, the people that were, you know, riding their skateboards next to the dude being pedophiles is actually pretty small. Right. And you're not seeing that like on all the news networks, you're not seeing it in newspapers and that shit would be all over CNN if that was actually true or Fox News. Fox News. And that's, and that's, and, and that's the reality is, is that even if, you know, even in a case like this where Fox News isn't picking it up, it's not really a story because when you actually Google Google the dude's name. That's when you find out like, you know, they're like, you know, the, this article's like this dude tried to like escape and this, that, and the other. And when you actually Google the news report from the local town that he was in, he was arrested without incident. Right. So like the first, that, that one of those claims, like he tried to run, that wasn't the case. They, right. they said that he was arrested without incident. So that, that right there is automatically, you know, your first, your first lie in the news article. Right. The second, you know, the second lie is, is more like the lying by omission. Was he a BLM organizer? Maybe, maybe he said black lives matter and that made him a BLM organizer. I don't know. Right. But the idea that, you know, when you think of BLM organizers, most people are thinking about what's happening in Portland, Oregon, what's happening in Seattle, what's happening in places like Washington, D.C. and New right. York and Chicago right. and all these other places. So when you're thinking BLM, you're thinking in this huge scale. Yeah. Of an organized, but when you realize of, of an this, organized group that is not an organized group, but we, we lump it together as an organization, but it isn't. It's a bunch of 25, indiv- 25 million individuals aiming towards the same thing, but they're not mm-hmm. in their same they're not all in one group, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, really, the only uniting part is, is that, you know, they want people to understand that Black Lives Matter too. <laughs> as well, as equally, right. So, 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 like with this article, you know, like we were talking about. So, you know, the whole tried to run away versus arrested without incident, you know, comparing the local news article. Right. Okay, so, so right there, you can already start to see that whatever foundation that this article, this quote unquote news article was, is already on, you know, not so great foundations. BLM organizer versus had a Facebook or uh, a Facebook event called skate against hate. Right. Uh, Okay. Maybe possibly. Yeah. Ish. But to call him an organizer, like, Look, if, you know, by that route, anybody who has a family of like more than four people is technically an organizer. Yeah, yeah. I just think it's interesting that if you take this in the video form, put it in Kenosha, you have the same situation, mm-hmm. you know? And I wanted to get into that because my friend did this to me. He shared a video with me and I was like, no, look at this is what happened. And he's like, no. And he took down the video, took out the first 30 seconds, put it back up and said, see, I'm right. And I was like, what the fuck did you just do? You know what I mean? <laughs> right. Well, and, and that's where you get the whole lying by omission. Yeah. You know, you know, it, it's, there's, there's a, a very 
large part of people that want to be right and you cherry pick whatever works for you. Yeah. It's kind of like, it's kind of like the whole argument about whether or not vaccines are, are safe. You know, like I tell people a lot of times, if you think vaccines are safe a hundred percent of the time, you're an idiot because that's, that's not the right. case. No. Anaphylaxis is a very real issue that can yes. happen for some people with vaccines. I know I, like I got a, there's uh, some friends here that, you know, they have kids. One of the kids perfectly vaccinated. The other one can't be because allergic to eggs. It's an immune system thing. You have to have your immune system tested and you have to know these things. And yes, anaphylaxis can lead to brain, like a uh, lack of air to the brain. And that could cause, that could cause something. These are right. things, but that is in point zero zero. Five percent of the population in, of the earth. One in, know? like, uh, uh, I think it was uh, one of them, like the flu vaccine or something. There's like a, there wasn't the flu vaccine. It was one, one of like the maybe MMR or something like that. Yeah. We just lost one listener, in, by the way. One, one in six hundred thousand, right? Chance that something would happen. Yeah. I mean, that's 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 a pretty that's a pretty good that's a pretty good odd you know happen. that you're 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 going to be safe so with so with vaccines you know like for example with that whole vaccines being a calculated risk is really what it is vaccines are a calculated risk the risk being that you know if you get this disease there's a 1 in 10 chance that something disfiguring or or deadly will happen to you versus a one in 600,000 chance that something will happen to you. What you're looking at is calculated risk. Calculated risk means that, you know, hey, you know, if, if I don't do this, there's a 10% chance that something's going to happen to me. Or you do a calculated risk and there is a one in 600,000 chance that something happens to me, most people are going to be like, well, you know, if there's only a one in 600,000 chance that something bad happens to me, then you know what, that's a risk worth taking. And you know, when it, when it comes down to like, when we do finally have a COVID vaccine, we're going to have the same issue. Yep. You know, it's going to be, we don't know what the risk level is going to be yet because it's brand new. Whereas some of these other vaccines, there have been millions of billions of doses given out. Yeah. We've been testing aspirin since the 1940s. We know how we're going to react to that. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And the, the exactly. problem with the new vaccine is that we're going to have a real hard time reading Russian because we haven't adapted to the new communist party yet. <laughs> well, I've had to, I've even had to have this conversation with my dad about the whole, you know, the vaccine, you know, being, you know, being the mark of the beast and implanting you with a microchip. And I'm like, right. where in the hell did you learn that? It's like, oh, well, you know, my friend heard it from this Christian website. And I'm like, okay, let's stop right yeah. there. Look at your bank numbers. They could add up to 666. You are already marked with the beast by using your bank account. So what I told what I told my dad was, was like, look, you know, okay, so let's 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 be real honest here for a second. Do you remember the polio vaccine? How many people do you know that had the polio vaccine? They have a scar on their shoulder from getting the polio vaccine. Right. So if you want to talk about a vaccine giving you a quote unquote mark of the beast, that's a pretty good candidate for that. Yeah. And so how many how many instances of Satan walking the earth have we had from the polio vaccine? None? Two. Okay. 
No, I don't know. <laughs> There's a, a two in a two in a billion chance of Satan walking the earth with polio well, vaccine. Well, you I heard mean, it here. Hitler, <laughs> Hitler and me, you know what I mean? So, so. well, you know, <laughs> well, you know, but so like the thing about the thing about vaccines is they're a calculated risk. Like I the, said. What's important about bringing that up in the context of this conversation, it is actually documented that it is a way of Russia Russian propaganda affecting the health of Americans because a weaker country is an easier country to take over. Well, and I don't even think that Russia has designs of taking us over. It's more that the the less influence we have, the better yeah, off yeah, they yeah, are to yeah. have their own influence. It's, you know, I would say that, you know, when it comes to the geopolitical these days, you're going to see very few ground wars. You know, you've got the issues with, That's you know, right. China, India, Pakistan. You've got Russia doing, you know, Russia with, you know. But that's Korean what I mean Peninsula. about taking taking us over is encroaching in, in Ukraine or Georgia. Us mm-hmm. Taking us over is weakening our us around the world so that they can take over other parts, uh, not America, but everything else. Which, I mean, let's be honest, our, our strategy in the Middle East kind of did us in on our own. Yeah. It blew me away when somebody said, well, I don't like endless wars. And I said, then isn't Donald Trump your man? And they were like, what? And I was like, he's taking, he's taking people out of the Middle East just at the fastest rate ever. Don't you like that? And they were like, oh, what? what, what? <laughs> right, right. You know, I, you know, there's, that's, that's a huge thing is it's like, to me, like, I don't like endless war either, but you know, if, if my entire opinion on Donald Trump is based on him taking people, you know, bringing our soldiers home from the middle East, yeah. if, if that's it, then hooray, he's doing a great job. But yeah. when you look at the other, you know, 1000 things that he's done. Sure. And the fact that we're not having a debate about that, that there's so many situations that we're not sitting down as the Congress is the people's, voice the senate is the rational voice of the states and the executive is the one that's supposed to be listening to all of that and forming a decision to go forward not the executive saying this is what we're doing and everybody else going i guess so that's not how it works and so him making that thing it might be a great thing but he doesn't have the input he's not doing it through input and advice and so we question who's giving him that advice you know what i mean right and and really you know your your biggest issue there is is, you know i actually had to explain the fact that we're a democratic republic and what that means because someone posted the you know you know montana only has two senators but california only has two senators is that fair and i'm like yes because that's the republic part of the democratic republic the democratic part is the house of representatives that's us that's the representative part <laughs> right it's like the fact that i'm having to explain to a lawyer you know what democratic republic means yeah. and what that looks like is actually kind of terrifying yeah because you don't everybody's saying oh they're all tweeting to donald trump like do this do that that's not what he's for your representative in your district of your state that's who you should be emailing and saying, what the fuck? Because that person then goes to their house of representatives and says, what the fuck in the form of a bill? And they spit it out to the Senate and the Senate says, 
yeah, a lot of the states should benefit from this. Let's do that. And then well, and that, you know what I mean? That's how it goes. And that's where I think a lot of the issues regarding, you know, the way that business is done at Congress and the executive level has really changed. Mm-hmm. You know, granted, this is an entirely different conversation. I mean, really, the Congress is supposed to be a co-equal branch of government to the president and to the legislative. And as it stands within recent history, Congress has bowed down to the executive. And yes. that is my biggest problem. Yep. It's like, I don't care if it's the Republican party or the democratic party, both have done it where whoever the president is, they abdicate their power to the president. And yes. that to me is wrong. You're a co-equal branch of government. If you decide that, you know, house and Senate that you're going to do something and the president says, no, you don't just go, well, okay. Okay. Nope. Like you, you are the represented uh, representative population of the state. You are the representative population of the people. That's right. And it is your job to decide if something's going to happen or not. And yes. you know what, if, if it turns out that the split is just 50, 50 and, and half of you say yes and half of you say no, well, that's great. But if your decision to say no is influenced by the executive branch, mm-hmm. that's a problem because yes. the executive branch either executes what the will of the people is or gets overruled by the will of the people right, because, because that's, that's yes. the way our government was founded. But those representatives that I just talked about, they're listening to their constituents and the constituents are advocating their place in communicating with their representative. And mm-hmm. so if you're not talking to your representative, they're doing what they think is best, which might not be what you think is best because they're not talking to everybody in the district. But if they had if they had a website and you could vote on what they were doing and their constituents paid attention to it and voted on that. They, in reality, that representative should vote by the will of their district. And that is how a consensus forms, not by you're hoping that you vote in somebody that's always going to think your way. They don't know how to think your way because you're taking, you're taking a standard thing and not customizing it. You're not using Mm -hmm. it. You know what I mean? Right. You know, and and I could get into a lot more about government and the way that it works, um, mm-hmm. as because I do have a very strong interest in it. In fact, um, like uh, what most people will, you know, what most people don't know, like my friends know, like as you well as you well are well aware of my last name, I am actually related to William Henry Seward, uh, Abraham Lincoln's Secretary of State. Nice. So like there's, there's some of that history within me, you know, of, of politics. Um, we'll so have to do that, a whole show based on that. Honestly, we'll, we'll, yeah. we'll, we'll talk about, I love talking about politics, you know, but I want to, uh, I want to bring it from the, how it was just people to what it is now and what right. you need to pay attention to. Cause the government spends their time misdirecting you all over the fucking place. And oh, that, absolutely. You have to know how it works. Their job is to break that chain of communication so they don't have to listen to you. you know? Right. Right. And, and trust me, we'll, we can, we, I could get into that for hours, but they do use that in the form of communication and information. Mm-hmm. And that's how we get back to CNN. Boom. There you yep. go. <laughs> and that's, you know, and that's, and that's just it is, and, and 
also where they're getting their information from. Right. I mean, as, as we're well aware, Trump gets his information from Fox News, which, mm-hmm. and then CNN, surprisingly, when they covered the Republican National Convention, which, I mean, to me, like, that's a fun, fundamental journalistic duty. Whether or not you like the Republicans or not, it's not yeah. a question. It's, it's about making sure that that information is out there so that way you can actually make a decision. Yes. I don't like either party, as, as I've said as I've said countless times. Agreed. But that should also be fact-checked on both sides. You shouldn't let one side push the gray area and another side not. Because CNN had a commercial about Donald Trump uh, Trump ad, and it was Mm -hmm. straight lies. This is the best economy. This is the best health, you know, unemployment at its record lows. And I was like, so you, you wouldn't put that as a, as a story, but you would put that as a commercial. We're watching the same shit, right? The or, or uh, there's a, you know, or, a, you know, one particular person on Facebook who has their own, you know, quote unquote news platform, you mm-hmm. know, as you're probably, you probably follow them too. They're, they're quite the actor that have been around and since uh, the sixties, uh, gay rights icon. But one of the things that I called out was, is that uh, on their website, they had a bunch of Donald Trump ads, despite how much they rail on Donald Trump. And it's like, I know that yes. you probably don't have a whole lot of pull as to, you know, what ads are shown on your site. But I would think that you would have a little bit more pull than that if you're going to rail on someone for being a terrible president, yeah. but then have their ads on your website. You know, yep. that's kind of one of those things. It's like, I get it money keeps the lights on and the website up. But still, there are some principles where if you're going to say that it's about principle, then you better hold to it very strongly. And if you're going to put out straight information or even your opinion, but then at the same time run that ad in any way over or with anything that you're saying, it's, it's, you're dumping information into one head, but it's coming from two sources. And so Mm -hmm. that ad is going to be in the memory as a thought. And that's my thought is that you're, mm-hmm. you're giving fact on CNN, but then you're after the fact, you're giving this opinion of Donald Trump's opinion and it's not mm-hmm. fact. It's not fact checked. And then you go back to the news and after an hour <laughs> of watching, you just absorbed that. Right. So you've got, so with all of that, and then you've got senators pulling news from all of these sites, mm-hmm. you know, internally, and then we get to 2016. 2015, 2016, where now you have news, quote unquote, being posted that is supposedly in the United States, but it turns out they were Russian bots. And one of the interesting things that came out of the Senate report, and I think I might have sent it to you. I know I sent it to I sent it to a few people and I posted it myself is that the Russians had servers that they were paying for in the United States to host some of their own fake news. Right. The, the stuff say, that the troll factory has generated. Like at this point, an interesting fact is that Twitter is thinking about filing for bankruptcy, you know, right before Donald Trump is like, right in 2014, 2015, somewhere in there, they decided yep. that they, they were thinking about filing <clears throat> for bankruptcy. And that's yep. an interesting fact to me because Twitter has become the source for everything we're about to talk about. Absolutely. Absolutely. It, you know, the thing about 
the thing about the news was like we, you know, you fought for the facts in the early days to get people to buy your paper, to get people to tune into your television, television station, to get mm-hmm. people to tune into your radio station. You know, knowing how many eyeballs you had was really difficult. You know, you had the Nielsen ratings and all that other fun stuff. Right. But, you know, as we get more into the digital age, you, you can now see where people are tuning into, what people are looking at, yeah. who they are following. And so now, you know, when it comes to placing ads and getting ad revenue, now it's about making sure that you have the content yes. that keep eyeballs glued. What kind so of what is that content? Yep. And and what we saw, like we talked about, you know, political scandals, war, school shootings, things that kept Americans glued. Train wrecks. Absolutely. Hot hot dumpster fires. Train yep, because Donald Trump is the slowest moving train wreck in history. And that's why we're glued to it, I think. We, we all want to see that thing hit the wall, go off the rails, just crash and burn. And we're waiting for that moment. It's like a, a, I, a train. You know, I, I, I tell people I don't want to see that because if he crashes, he crashes the country. Well, of course, yeah. But we all want to I want to see him get canceled because he's a, he's, he's a media person. Yeah. That's what he's done with, you know, The Apprentice. That's yep. what he's done through his businesses. I want to see him get canceled yeah. on the election because that is that to me is the most, I think, for him, unforgivable thing that could happen is that he yeah. gets canceled. Yep, agreed. And, and, and that's exactly the way that it needs to be phrased is that he gets canceled. And of course he'll try to do the whole cancel culture thing, but whatever, that's a different topic in and of yeah. itself. I really think, and here's my theory based on that exact thing is that he will cancel himself to say his plan the whole time on Halloween was to step down because he never wanted to be president anyway. And Pence will pardon him and he'll walk away and he'll start his media empire on ONA or whatever that is. And he'll be the Alex Jones pundit and he'll run for president every year, every four years because he knows he's not going to win, but it boosts his ratings on his show. That's how I think Mm -hmm. it's going to go. Yep. And that's, that's absolutely a a distinct possibility. You know, the dude just wants eyeballs on him. That's it. Or he's, I would say he would start his own news network. I guarantee it. Well, he has one. It's Sinclair. It's, it's, he's building that empire so that when he he steps down, him and Roger Stone can become the next Fox or whatever. And, you know, let him do that, but don't, I, I want to see him suffer. Well, actually, I'd be happy just to walk down the streets of New York, run into him, and kick him in the balls and get arrested for it. That's my goal. That's my hope. You know, you know I, mean? I mean, noble goals, right? <laughs> yeah, noble goals, but anyway. But he he harnesses all of this in, in a very unique way. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And uh, so so with all of that quote-unquote information that's been out there, now we start to see the international effort to influence the U.S. elections. You've got the troll factory in Russia, the IRA, yep. which is hilarious that it's called the Internet Research Agency. And really exactly. what they found out is, you know, the research is, is that Americans are pretty dumb. We, um, are. we are dumb. And we're just looking for the easiest solution because we're so fucking busy. We're so busy. We're so distracted. There's 
10 billion different things we have to focus on at every given moment. And we need to know this information. So give it to me in a headline. Just give it to me fast. Let me absorb it and move on. So here's, here's some of your fun facts. You know, out of some of the research that has been done since 2016, what they found is, is that people who tend to fall on the conservative spectrum of politics, they tend to be more likely to believe in post-conspiracy theories. Hmm. Surprising? No. But people on the left-hand side of the spectrum are more likely to believe and share things that are pseudoscientific. If it looks like science, they'll share it in a heartbeat. Spirituality, meditation, um, yeah. Even if it's just guised like it was an actual scientific study, well, I know people they won't actually read it. Like they won't actually yeah. read it if it if it's presented like it's science. Right. People will will post it in a heartbeat, yes. and so that's one of those things. It's like, you know, you sit there and you talk about how crazy the right is on their conspiracy theories. But the left really isn't any better because they don't understand the science, quote unquote, the studies or any of the things that they're posting. Well, there's a lot of there's a lot of self-help. There's a lot of empowerment coaches. There's a lot of that on the left that, you know, people that are discovering new metaphysical ways to change your mind and perspective. And they give you this information, like you're saying, the left mm -hmm. has its rhetoric, too. Oh, absolutely. And that's, and to me, that's one of the funniest things about it is, is that especially in, in, in the COVID realm, what you have seen is a rise of two things, conspiracy theories, pseudoscience. Right. And, and that's been, and, and who's been sharing it is, is pretty much consistent with what has been done, uh, what has been shown in previous research. And, and, and that's really unfortunate, you know, like, for example, you know, the whole hydroxychloroquine thing, that has been an absolute mess where Trump's touting it and the left is rejecting it. Yep. The studies that have been done around it are freaking mixed. And yeah. the problem is, is, is that they're, you know, it's kind of one of those situations where there is no perfect lab setting in order to be able to figure this stuff out right now. So people Except are just going time. with yeah, time is really the only thing. And so far, there have been there have been some pretty conclusive studies. Like number one, you know, hydroxychloroquine really hasn't done a whole lot in terms of, you know, preventing the virus from replicating or anything like that. Like it's it it isn't it isn't doing necessarily as good of a job as may say like a remdesivir or something like that. But what it has shown is, is that there are definitely a lot of health side effects that are hurting people, and that's why they've had to stop it. It's, it's, it's not necessarily that the drug is useless. It's more right. so that there are more health issues associated with using it. Right. That's and why, so it that's makes it difficult. That's why Donald Trump had a, a series of mini strokes after taking it and was rushed to Walter Reed Medical. That's that's what I've heard, and and then that's that's also one of those ones where it's like, you know, as much as I want to believe that, I haven't seen anything credible that said that that's what happened. I just, but it's definitely within the realm of possibility. Well, that's my point, isn't it? Is that I just took a couple grains of fact and strung them together and formed right. an opinion, made a statement. And now it's out there as fact. Yeah, and that's what, and that's and that's the problem that you know. Mm -hmm. mini strokes and things like that are definitely a possibility with hydroxychloroquine. But, the, but I bet you the first question every listener had was, where did he hear that? Who did he hear that from? I want to know what he knows or right. It fits my theory. I get it. I believe it. 
I, you know, that's what I, I, what I heard was something along the lines of like, he started having more, uh, he, why he was walking slower is he was having some heart issues hmm. because of hydroxychloroquine. Right. And it's like, well, I don't think that's the case, but I don't think that hydroxychloroquine did him any good. Right. Like, like, like you said, he took a two week course of it. You know, that stuff is only effective. You know, if you start taking it before you go into a malaria zone, and then you have to continue it for a while after you come out of it. Yeah. Whereas, you know, the issue with COVID is, is that you kind of have to start taking it and then, you know, whether or not you get COVID and if that's, you end up yeah. getting COVID, then you have to keep taking it until after. But yeah. that's just not the way that it works, medicine, you know, with that stuff. Medicine is you give somebody a medicine, it works. You give it to the next person, it works. You give it to the next person, it works. You give it to the next person, it doesn't work as well. You note, you note that and you go on. And medicine is always learning based on what happened, not on, not on this works for you. Seven billion right. people. We're not, there's very few things created that work for 7 billion people. Even air is poisonous to a portion of us. You know what I mean? Yeah, quite, quite literally. The only thing that works on everybody is gravity. And then until we find out that it doesn't. That's right. That's you right. know, and that's, and that's science. That's what science is, is, is that, you know, we work with theories and probabilities and we're, mm. we're very keen on the idea that, uh, the probabilities that we know of are based on time and study and the fact mm -hmm. that, you know, given how much percentage of the time it seems to do what we're claiming it does, then right. yay, it holds up until it doesn't. That's right. Somebody asked me, are you gay? And I was like, I don't know. I haven't met Brad Pitt yet. You know what I mean? Maybe. Right. I don't know. It's a, yeah. It's like, are you gay? Well, I haven't met a dick that I've liked yet. Right. Tried a few exactly. <laughs> That's it. But, and that's, and, and I had that argument with someone else about the whole pedophile thing. It's like, you know, someone was trying to tell me that, you know, babies don't come out of the womb screaming for sex. And I'm like, nope, nope. That's definitely not how this works at that's all. That's right. That's right. And then of course, you know, the whole, you know, they were, you know, kids are being taught to be gay. And I'm like, okay, well, if, if it's a choice, tell me, when did you choose to become straight? Like, did you try right. a dick one time? And it was just like, nah. Yeah, that's right. And I asked the question, if a pedophile sits at home and doesn't hurt anybody or act out in any way to cause harm to anybody, do you really have an issue with this person that's just struggling with something? I mean, to the point of disappearing them, just like a mm -hmm. racist, you know, if you can change their mind, if it was a changed thing, wouldn't you want to know? And, mm -hmm. but you, if you're judging a pedophile, then you allow that judge that pedophile to judge you in ways that you can't comprehend. And that's how America's getting to where we are. If we can mm -hmm. dismiss you, I don't have to think about you and I don't have to exactly. rationalize anything you say. So let okay. me figure out what it is about Jeffrey that, that makes everything he says just worthless. You know what I mean? Um, I don't like the federal government. <laughs> yeah, that's right. But I'm, you know, I, I had some gray poupon ones, so shoot me. Now you don't have to. Right. You know what I mean? It's these little things that were like, oh, I don't agree with him on that, so that dismisses everything he's ever said. You know what I mean? Well, and that's and uh, and that was a and that was a thing. Like when we talk about the news, you know, up through up through the beginning of the '90s, you know, the us versus them that we had, the them was the communists. Yeah, we yes. had someone to fight with. That's right. I mean. You, 
you could be like, well, we could fight China, but China doesn't have the same sort of power that Soviet Russia did. Right, but we're, we I mean, they got a billion have, people. And we have to have a unified en en enemy, though. It helps to have right. an enemy that we're all unified against. China, and, and that's the thing about China, is, is that, you know, for the most part in recent history, China kind of just sticks to themselves and other countries that want to be communist and yeah. other countries, even other countries that are willing to let them in, you know, and, and talk communism with them. Right. And even then, the Chinese are terrible communists. Yeah. They're really just more of a social authoritarian state under the guise of communism. Yeah, I would go with that, but that's a separate discussion. Yep. But that's also a great source of misinformation and disinformation, you know? Yeah. It all, all is. Of, it's all opinion being shared as fact. Even the president that comes back from a trip, mm -hmm. he tells us what he thought happened. It's not like the records are right there in front of him and he's reading a script. He's like, this is what happened in China, you know? But you still have to believe that his perspective is, is even-handed, you know what I mean? And everybody mm -hmm. has an agenda to what they say and they're all going to slide it into a form that they think benefits them and you you appreciate and right now you know when it comes down to it when we're talking about agenda it's us versus them republicans versus democrats and that's yep. and so now you now you have this advent of left only news and right only news and, yeah, the duopoly and, yep and so now we get to the whole fun part about how do you actually figure out what is bullshit? <laughs> to those who would tear the world down, we will defeat you. This is our moment. This is our time. To those who seek peace and security, we support you. Yes, we can. And to all those who have wondered if America's beacon still burns as bright, tonight we prove once more that the true strength of our nation comes not from the might of our arms or the scale of our wealth, but from the enduring Stitcher Smart Radio app and Spotify. Yes, we can. Public Access America. History in the making. Making history in the making. In the making.